my mouth was not prepared for it. How long has it been since we enjoyed a beverage on the show, John? A long time. It has been, huh? Yeah. What do you think of this? It's good. You had sour beer face earlier. This is, oh, that's because uh, I, had, I hadn't had, my mouth was not prepared for it. Hadn't had any food or water or anything in, in a while, and that shock of that sour just hit. It was uh, pretty tough. Got to stay prepared. How do I do this? Focus. Do not deserve. Okay. Yeah, this is a Funky Blender Preserves Plum from Casey Blending and Brewing in Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Yeah. It's tart. It's very fruity. tart. Very yeah. tart. What does it taste like plums or would you guess it's something else? Honestly, I don't ever I don't know what a plum tastes like or supposed to taste like. I've never No one eats plums. Well, I don't know. I've, I've never eat a pl- never eaten a plum. <laughs> I don't think I've ever eaten a plum in my entire life. I, I wouldn't know what one's supposed to taste like. <laughs> That's so weird. But I'm have you eaten? Sure. Have you eaten prunes? Those are just dried plums, right? Yeah, I've eaten prunes, but I don't know what a plum. Plums are good. But I can't say that a prune is tastes like a plum well, because cool th- grapes and raisins don't taste the same. That's true. The cool thing about plums is they're sweet on the inside, but the skin mm-hmm. is is quite tart. So it's almost like a sweet tart type of thing. John, we didn't, uh, we're not here to talk about plums and prunes today, are we? No, but it's nice to have a beverage again. It kind of loosens me up. <clears throat> I, I, I kind of do and kind of don't wish we had mics on last time we met up and that would have been a good I, show. I was probably I into a good flight and the rants were heavy. They were, they were yeah. very heavy. Do you want to, I mean, touch on any of that stuff before we get into new stuff or no, it's just no, on. no. We gotta save that for the Patreon or something. <laughs> I so in the past couple of weeks I've been doing a, a little bit of Salesforce stuff. I had to do some just minor, some trigger development. <clears throat> I know I'm a dinosaur now because I still ride Apex, but yeah, you had to you had to ask me on a bunch of stuff. It's just yeah, yeah there's just still weird. I, I was like, oh, I'm gonna use um you know DX and I you know I hadn't fired up Illuminate Cloud in I don't know how long. Well, you better get prepared because I'm about to be off and I'm already hearing people going. Well, I'll just ask Jeremy. Just Jeremy. Better just make sure every all your stuff is committed and it pushed up. Is. And in fact, when you created that project, did you pull from my source? I think I did. Okay. Which project? Sure. Oh yeah, no, I did for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah, so I pulled down all the source. Um, and then I don't know. It's just there's so many weird things still. I have a question for you just about the CLI though. Why is it that? So I want to set my you know default Dev Hub username, mm-hmm. but it it seems to be you can only set that within the context of your project, a DX project on disk. I'm like, yeah. I, it doesn't matter what project I'm in. In fact, I might not even be in a project. I do things all the times with DX. Well, I don't. I say that. Like, I would say a large percentage of the things I do with DX are not specific to a project at all. I just want to log in, or I want. It's like it requires the Dev Hub username for things I think it shouldn't. I th- and I want to just set a there global. Be, I want to set a you, global. Did you dev? check the docs for a global? Because I thought there was a global. I couldn't. I don't know. I couldn't figure out how to set it. Oh, well, either way, it makes more sense to me to make it project based because I do use multiple hubs. So I have my own personal dev org hub, and I've got you yeah. know, the company hub. I mean, I see. I see why it makes sense to to allow a project based default dev hub username, mm-hmm. but also. It seems like it'd be super useful just to have a global. Like, let's say you're not in a DX project, then just 
you know, you have a global hub that you're using. I don't know. It, again, and if, and if they were just not required the dev hub username for things that don't have anything to do with my dev hub, then that would be great too. Actually, that might solve the problem. And yeah, I don't know. know. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyway, no, you, you had, you were going on some nice, some nice rants there, man. But I tell you what, just doing basic trigger stuff. And, and I don't know, maybe again, you, sometimes you get on a bad pod, but I was, I've spun up a new sandbox for this, deployed everything to it and just saving apex classes or just running tests. Just so incredibly slow. I'm, I'm just, I've, I've, I'm not used to that anymore. I forgot how slow and, mm-hmm. and how much time you spend just trying to get your files on someone other, someone else's computer on someone else's computer. That's what, that's, that's the biggest problem still to this day with Salesforce development. Just, I just need to get my files onto your computer. Mm-hmm. And that turns out mm-hmm. is a massive time suck. And the, of course, on a big project, it's, it requ- I mean, more engineering effort goes to getting your files on Salesforce's computer than anything else. Yeah. And that apparently has not changed yet. No. But a big part of my rant. Hey, DevOps Center well. is coming after like two years of talking about it or whatever. Yeah, I'm still looking for I, I, I haven't I haven't really dug into it at all recently. So. And I'm, I'm kind of somewhat being reserved on it. I was really excited about it first because of the promise of it. But I have a feeling at first release, it's going to it's not going to work for what we do. Oh, I, I th- hope it will. Actually, I think it will. Based I on. Hope so. I hope so. I really hope so. Based on what we know about it. And I think people have been piloting it because it's, I mean, I guess I, I don't want to jump to the DX stuff if we're not there yet, but um, yeah, it's this summer, I think is available. Oh, well, I have nothing on that. I mean, the problem with, with DX, if, if we're going to start talking about it, is that the conference? I'm remote. But yeah. Con- okay. And most of the, most of the really deep dive sessions are not available or at least not available yet or are weren't slated to be recorded or, or published. Yeah. So all we get are the, for lack of a better word, hour-long commercials that that they put up there. Uh, which, which for Dreamforce, I give a pass to because Dreamforce is all inclusive of customers and admins and everything else. But I, I expect uh, TDX to be geared more towards people who are actually doing things, and thus, hopefully, there's there would be less kind of commercials. Um, but it still feels very commercial. Yeah, I just realized I was doing something wrong here. Yeah, I hear the audio kind of fluctuating a bit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, how's that? It's fine. Seems fine. Okay. This may not be. But we could always we could always come back to that because I I did I did kind of clip a few of the sessions at least from Wednesday. It's the three sessions that I was able to kind of listen to in the background while working, um, and I did my best to kind of set markers and try to pull some things in that I thought we could kind of react to. Uh, there wasn't too much news wise um, previous to that, but I did collect uh, something that was posted on our internal company Slack that uh, there was a lot of changes or bra- rebranding of Salesforce marketing tools. Hmm. So uh, I'll go through them. Uh, let's see. So Salesforce CDP. Uh, which I don't know what CDP is. Is that content delivery? Customer data platform. Oh, oh, okay. It says right there, <laughs> which is weird. Okay, so, so I'm going to read this. The next generation of marketing cloud brings together data, teams, and technology to help you know your customers better. Using that knowledge, enhanced by artificial intelligence, which 
that's just kind of getting tossed in there. AI, like even even when Parker was speaking at at, at the keynote, you know, it was like they're talking about the platform and then like, and AI, and it's like and just toss that in there, just just toss that AI. Um, you know, so they're tossing. I don't know if you noticed this, that it gets tossed in is. Um, I think they announced when they've discovered a new value all of a sudden. Oh yeah, of called sustainability. Yeah, but. Um, the climate crisis is getting, it just gets dropped in the middle. Like <laughs> I was listening to the Parker thing and he lists like, you know, five or six things and right, right in the middle of it was, just, and he's talking about like technology things and right mm-hmm. in the middle of it was just climate crisis. I'm like, what? Huh? Existential. Existential. Crisis. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. all going to die. Yeah. I think that's in one of the clips as well. But uh, anyways, this, this uh, paragraph goes on to say you can personalize and continually improve each interaction at scale and in real time. <clears throat> Here's what the next generation marketing cloud includes. Customer data platform, formerly known as Salesforce CDP, uh, which helps you create a single source of truth so you can get to know your customers and engage with relevance. In other words, that's the stocking platform. It was, and that was the one they had so many problems with because it was cookie. It, it was, what, what are the terrible cookies called? The super cookies or the, yeah. the tracking cookies? And, you know, but I think Apple actually was largely responsible for killing that whole model. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of just took not only Salesforce to CDP, but I mean, I'm sure some others com- just completely took them out of the knees. Yeah. I mean, there's other ways to solve it, but it requires more tighter integration between these, yeah. these, uh, what's the right word? Coalitions. <laughs> Cartels. Cartels. <laughs> uh, the next one is personalization, formerly known as Interaction Studio, which helps you deliver hyper relevant uh, moments with real time recommendations, offers and experiences tailored to each customer and prospect. So direct marketing, I guess. Uh, engagement made up of our email, mobile, advertising, and journey products helps you connect with customers on their own terms and channel of choice with unified data and AI. Uh, account engagement, which is formerly known as Pardot. So we're getting rid of Pardot. Mm-hmm. So you don't, have to, you don't have to remember how to say it, Pardot or Pardo. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. What's go- oh, it's- now it, it has some crazy name. What this just, yeah, I don't know what the name is. Okay. This just says this is part of the account. I think what they're trying to do, and I'll, I'll continue here in a bit, but I think the tangent is what they're trying to do is they're trying to create a common language um, for their marketing cloud tools um, because it seems so disparate with all these different kind of acquisition names that, that they've kind of just kept. Um, so rather than talk about the product, they're talking about functionality, which yeah. I think is a good strategy um, to talk about functionality that you need rather than the product that you need. Yeah. Um, so account engagement, engagement, formerly known as Pardot, helps you align marketing and sales around lead buyers and accounts to close deals faster. Yeah, I think what I'd read was it's now called Marketing Cloud Account Engagement. Mm. And the last one is Intelligence, formerly known as Datarama. <laughs> Datarama. <laughs> helps you unify analytics and leverage AI insights to continually optimize outcomes that increase customer value and growth. So those are the, the new terms. Yeah. That we all have to know now. Yep. And we all have to speak the same language. Mm. Come on, if our media can do it, we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, st- uh, I still call it exact target, and I'm, I'm very behind on some of these things. Oh, I am too. It's not, a, it's not a function of my daily life since I'm relegated to, the, to just triggers and the like. But uh, I still wish we'd get some direction on Tableau versus Tableau CRM. It, it feels like Tableau CRM is going to die the slow death, but, but no one will say it. No one, Salesforce won't tell you that. As long as they can still 
get people to sign up for it. They, but I don't think they want to. I just think they they need some way to silently let this thing die off. And like everyone's just supposed to, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, get the hint that you're not really supposed to use this. And I could be completely wrong because I don't really I don't spend a lot of time in that that space. But yeah, but just looking at what's getting promoted and what is being sold and everything, it just seems like Tableau is where everyone's effort is. Well, they kind of they kind of punted and used used it to supplement some of their kind of monitoring tools for Shield and things like that. So I, they would kind of have to officially rebuild new tools or something, um, or carve it out so that it isn't dependent on it. Um, which I'm sure they kind of want to do because the licensing in terms of use around it is kind of the honor system of what of Tableau of of wave or oh, analytics cloud oh or now gosh. tableau crm <laughs> whatever you want to whatever you know it as that's what i'm referring yeah. to so it was wave einstein analytics analytics cloud and now tableau crm right yeah um do you remember uh well oh let me see if i can find this there's been just so many great um great names for things oh, this is a good one salesforce one Lightning. Salesforce One Lightning. Remember that one? You know, it it, um, it kind of sounds like our podcast because there was that long pause. I'm sure someone had to look up the... I know, yeah. <laughs> some, some guy back there with Farago can't yeah. find the right, right <laughs> board to hit the button on. <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, well... Uh, the, the other kind of throwaway news that I'll toss out there quickly is uh, Salesforce has closed its ac- acquisition of... Phoenix is oh. a company that provides uh, privacy compliance and data management solutions. So essentially what they do is for, I think, what is it called? Uh, personal information and personal identifiable information, PI and PII or something like that. Okay. Um, so what they do is they take your data from production when you create the sandbox and you need test data mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. They'll uh, obfuscate the data transform it, whatever you want to call it, and change it to, to something that doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But it has, it serves the same kind of purpose for testing and things like that. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So it uh, it could just be just a, a thing that they want to have as an option, or maybe it's something they're going to roll in to the sandbox creation, which I think would be good. Yeah. Because that's a hard problem to solve. Well, because then if you, you know, when you need a bunch of people to help test in the sandbox, you can just give everyone kind of like full access Without having to worry about you right. know, data privacy. Yeah. That's cool. It'd be, I'm sure it'll be more expensive than any of my clients can afford, but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all this I, stuff is great, but it, it does cost money. And I still can't unfortunately, get, in art. See, that, that's another problem. If I can. Well, you want to say something. I, just, I still can't get anyone to buy change data capture. Yeah. Which would be, which is great for integrations. I just, you know. Yeah. Because another part of uh, my little rant last week at over beers was uh it's 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 the 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 amount of experience that i have with salesforce with salesforce in general is i almost kind of feel like i'm hitting a wall in terms of my my growth my my growth as a developer i mean even now some of it can be attributed to our industry because i don't deal with enterprise customers anymore so their needs are very different there are a lot of small schools so they're not going to spend tons of money on these new things like functions and and all this kind of stuff. It's, you know, they're going to kind of try to stay in the lane of the Salesforce lane and whatever it provides, it provides. And we have to do the best with what we have. So I feel oh, like. heck, code. Yeah, I mean, nowadays, you know, code isn't even allowed. Apex, no, no Apex. Yeah. Because we, we need to be able to maintain it. I'm like, um, have you seen these flows? Yeah. Like when we can't even do a, 
a simple data migration because there's just too many flows and, you know, you can't use bulk and you got to set your batch down to, you know, as low as possible and all that. It's like, yeah, that's what you want. Okay. 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 And then, and then within the process itself of identifying functionality and then finding out what serves that functionality is another tool that costs extra. It becomes a bit of an exercise of, well, what can we get, get away with by building something versus, you know, that. So it's, it's, I don't feel like I get to, to really kind of utilize a lot of these technologies to their fullest because I'm not dealing with it with a industry that, that has the appetite for it. Well, John, you know, you don't get everything you want in life. I know. But I'm envious of those who I, do I get to experiment with yeah. those. I know, me too. Well, uh, that was the end of kind of my news topics. We can get into TDX if you want. I clipped a few a few things from the sessions that I thought we could just kind of react to. Um, just a few areas that I think were somewhat interesting or somewhat critical or at least somewhat relevant to our audience. Um, I think, but, but before we get into that, just other news things, I think we probably should just cover briefly is um, Salesforce has had a, a bit of a difficult week um, or maybe two, maybe two weeks with, um, with security. So we had a, Oh, the MFA. Well, first of all, issue. when was it a few weeks ago that Heroku was down for like four days or something? So that was, that's a bummer. And then, um, there was the Heroku hack. Um, and I actually didn't pay too much attention to that, unfortunately. So I have zero context on yeah. the hack issue. I mean, they, they, they posted an issue finally. And of course in their Heroku status thing, um, Something about it. So, oh, some other, uh, yeah, they're basically someone got in and downloaded, got, they got access to Heroku's, you know, private GitHub repositories, including source code. I don't know if it had any like tokens. I think it did have, I think they were concerned because it had customer tokens. Yeah. So they were telling everyone to like, I guess, revoke all your oh. OAuth tokens and all this stuff. And then, and then there was an app exchange. Uh, AppExchange team discovered that the API access tokens used by AppExchange to authenticate and communicate with your Stripe with your Stripe account were being stored in plain text in a publicly accessible Salesforce QA system. I did see that one. Yeah, it did appear that there there shouldn't have been any leak or issues. It's just that obviously it was stored in plain text, and that's an issue. So they had to notify everyone. Yeah, because I mean, it's on plain text available on the internet. So I don't think you know if it was discovered unless I mean I don't know if they I don't know if they had access logs to well, look it was, at. It was plain text on a server, I think is the publicly issue, accessible logs. QA Salesforce system is what it said. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought that it was on one of their internal systems that as as long as you only as long as you weren't external, like if you were internal you could see it, but if you were external you shouldn't be able yeah. to. Or at least there was no nothing in the logs that indicated that anybody external came into it. That may be the case. Um. Anyway, yeah. I mean, sometimes like you know, what's the bad things happen in threes? I mean, that's Salesforce getting their three out of the way right there. Yeah. But okay, we can go into. Uh, so you got some TDX stuff. I got some too. But you want to do yours? Um, no, we start with yours. Mine are just silly. Um. Oh, I do have something, but that's before we even get into that. Um. <laughs> I think this. I just think this is funny. Uh, hang on a second. This episode of the Michelle Obama podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. So I heard that mm-hmm. the other day. 
And I was like, oh, that's funny. First of all, the Salesforce is sponsoring the Obama. I mean, not a surprise, right? Sponsoring the Obama's podcast. But I thought, you know, we've, we've always talked about we really are not interested in having sponsors on this show. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, what would, it, what would it take? And what would that even, what would that sound like? So I thought, and, you know, if Salesforce is interested, I've already done some, some production work so they don't have to bother with it. This episode of the Good Day, Sir! podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. <laughs> That's what do you think? What do you think? I, like yeah. <laughs> I have nothing but silly stuff this week, John. So I'm just warning you right now. Okay, we don't do your. Well, we need silly stuff. Go in order here on yours. Um, let's do the montage first. Let's get us in the mood, I guess. Montage. That's yeah. the last one here. Okay. Um, I feel like I should open this up in something I can pause, but I'm just going to use preview here. You're going to pause the montage. Oh my god! Aloha! It's time to get serious, though. Sorry, we gotta talk about security. Nah, I'm just kidding. Now, no one here has ever tested in production, right? Yeah, I haven't either. I promise. You're gonna be a double star ranger. She's wearing pants, y'all can see them. You see? Yeah. I wore some live ones, I'm excited to see your pants. Like, who would have known this would be a thing? We are so excited. It's so old school. It is. It is so old school. The documents are usually really long. Right. Yeah. Right. If you guys could, like, tweet that for a hashtag, that would really do me a solid. I'd appreciate that. I always say what I mean. Now, if you guys are magical, right? Don't take my word for it. Let's ask Fernanda Stefan. APIs are magical, right? <laughs> what an amazing magic trick. <laughs> All about the smoke and mirrors, John. If you're building on the platform, you cannot escape the gravity that is Salesforce flow and the tremendous energy that flow can bring. What a perfect API, right? Don't answer that. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. Love the Super Bowls, don't you? The last one was really good. Yes. Yes. I think this guy actually said yes. Super But you're probably like, how am I going to learn any of this stuff? That's okay. That just means you're co-curious and you came here today to learn about code. Are y'all feeling the anticipation? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. This is awesome. This is amazing. Yeah, you can clap for that. Yeah, I'll shake your hand. Yeah. Give me a hug. That's my first hug with Parker. I had to take it. Oh, it's funny how you and I kind of clip some of the same things. Um, Code Curious. We're going to have to add that to the LGBTQIAPP+. Where where should it go, though? After the C's? LGBTCC? Code Curious. T Q Q I A P P. Lesbian, gay, bisexual, bi curious, code curious, intersex, asexual, pansexual, and there's one other P, I forget what it is. And then the plus, which is, uh, I don't know, the, all the other things that are not as important, apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny. 
let's see, let me, uh, I thought I had, I did, I clip, hang on, I gotta find this. I clipped some, some things. You clipped some things. I mean. <clears throat> did I miss some? Is that what you're saying? No, no, I no. Them? I just, I grabbed some things for the soundboard. Uh, I gotta find it though. Oh, I have a few that I want to add. That was my first hug with Parker. I had to take it. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a good candidate for a soundboard. There's, there's a couple of others that I think is a good candidate. Um, yeah. Okay. So now we'll do number one. Yeah. And uh, just feel free to pause and I'll raise my hand if, if I want to say something. Okay. You have to raise your hand before you talk, John. Please welcome co-founder and chief technology officer. Sil- By the way, so I first I, th- I thought that was a Salesforce montage, but you did that. You put you montage that whole thing. What you d- you built that? Built what? The montage that we displayed. Yeah. Okay. It's one of my my unique uh, skills that, that I was do. good. It was good. My thing. The music bed was a little high, but I realized that it was I, good though. It was actually a lot of work. too low when I first, and then I rebuilt it this morning with a bit higher. And after I've listened to it, I'm like, it's a bit high. So I might. Pe- lower it before i compile it and publish publish it it. yeah (laughs) to so we so people can uh so we can collect all that revenue from your efforts it's bonus content was you know you got to donate like 50 bucks to get access to that it's funny i don't think people realize like when you listen that was a two-minute montage that was hours you say it's probably to build a montage it's probably an hour per minute of montage of work and that's assuming you already at least have a bunch of clips already or you have an idea of where the clips are that you want I mean, it's hours because I have to listen to them multiple times. Yeah. I do have markers so I can kind of see where I want to focus, but I still have to listen to it at least a couple of times. So for every hour, so that was three hours of content that I recorded and then three hours of going through and clipping them and then collecting those clips and finding out which ones need to go in there. Then I pick some music and then I rearrange all the clips to try to fit into that music in a way that I think either yeah. is funny or, or whatever. Uh, and then, then I have to iterate on top of that to try to balance everything out because all the clips are different audio levels, mm-hmm. and and it's just and headphones are different than than speakers and all that kind of stuff. So I th- I think I adjusted it because I thought my speakers played the music too low, or it's just, it's just yeah, it's difficult. All right. Scores. Parker Harris. Well, we knew we weren't going to see Brett. Oh he was busy God. with other things. He was. <laughs> to thank all of you you know we have customers here we have partners i think we got a few mvps any mvps in the house where are you all right so we are here in san francisco we're doing trailblazer dx i would not be sitting in that group we also have some amazing community events happening because it's happening on the road as well a big shout out to the teams that are doing northeast dreaming and texas dreaming yeah so i I thought that was kind of odd that these other events were happening at the same time was that that wasn't a, on purpose though? I don't think it was. They were already planned. Yeah. But he said that they partnered with them, so I'm sure they they called up and said, "Hey, what the hell? We have things scheduled." I think I think for those all those conferences, Salesforce kicks in a little bit and sponsors. They do. They yeah. do. So I think you apply to to get some sponsorship out um, for it. Yeah. So usually Salesforce will send a couple of people to do sessions and stuff. But it certainly wasn't a planned thing, and it wasn't a, you know, people don't want to travel to San Francisco, so they'll go to this conference type thing. It was just, they happened to happen at the same time. So Texas Dreaming was this week? Yeah, it's this week. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm, just, not, I'm just not ready to go anywhere yet. I'll, maybe next year. Next year, I do plan on at least trying some conferences, but I, San I, Francisco is a big question mark. I just, I have oh, not heard good things about no, the city. No. So I'm, if you guys who went, 
and can tell me that it's gotten better they and can't. it's, it's they cool, can't tell you that. Then, then let me know so I can plan. But if not, I'm not going. I'm, I'm avoiding San Francisco as long as I can. I actually kind of, I, I remember when I was hearing about TDX, or not TDX, Texas Dreaming, I thought, oh, I, I should go to that. And it just snuck up on me. I didn't even know it was this week. Mm. I was th- I was thinking, like, if, I go, if I go to any Salesforce conference, it, it would be that one. Although I am um, going to this partner summit thing in Puerto Rico in about a month. Oh, I didn't know that. I just I just found out like two days ago. Okay. So, but yeah, I'm avoiding San Francisco as long as I can. Isn't Dreamforce in like three months now? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we're doing that or not. I don't know. I have to see. Okay. Oops. Lost my place. On the road as well. A big shout out to the teams that are doing Northeast Dreaming and Texas Dreaming. Awesome. But yeah. Yeah. Maybe they're, maybe they're listening right now. So shout out to actually putting those on. We partner with those community groups put these on. Those aren't the only two. So go online because there are tons more this year that you can go to, all right? Okay, so this is the Trailblazer community, right? It is, but guess what? We're doing something special here today. Something really special. You notice it's really, it's no longer, and I know you've, we beat this horse to death, but you just gotta, you gotta say it, because, and you were kind of ranting about this, but this is no longer developer. No conference. I mean, um, it's. I guess what distinguishes it from Dreamforce is Dreamforce is really all about selling. I mean, it's, it's when they right. bring all the big customers in, the big prospects, and it's all about selling and stakes and hookers and the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas TDX, I think, is just still more for people who actually work on this platform, right? Which includes developers, but there's clearly no longer a Salesforce developer conference. It's a no, builder. It's like, and I have some thoughts on that, and I don't know if I should even get into it, but I feel like it's a. Uh, a double-edged sword for them because they're pushing flow so hard. And I think part of it is that finding a developer, even for us is extremely difficult. You just can't find them. Yeah. So you go to these kind of low code tools to kind of help supplement the need for that type of customization. But at the same time, I wonder if they're pushing developers out of the ecosystem because now all they're hearing is That's the problem. We're doing everything with flow. And I'm like, well, should I just get out of this ecosystem? Cause I'm a dev and I can't hardly do anything on it anymore. Or you show a developer, you know, the tooling, and the deployment story we deal with, and they're like, uh, no, I, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So, I don't know. It, it's, it, it, to me, it feels like a double-edged sword. There's definitely a lot of... I mean, Salesforce can't decide whether... <laughs> they can't decide what to do with developers and with code. This is, they're still very much struggling with this, what their message is. Yeah. We are bringing all of our communities together. Are there any people in the house from the data fam? Any data? Yeah. The data right, fam. That's, the that's a cool way to. Team, all right. Yeah, that's Tableau. So the any Tableau Slack stars? Any Slack stars? Yeah, we got some Slack stars. So that's a... How about tabbies. I thought he said Slackstars when he first said it. Slack stars? Slackstars. It's Slack stars, but I thought he said I'm a, Slackstars. I'm a Slackster. I like Slack. I'm a Slacker. I like Slackers yeah. better. Yeah, that seems the if obvious. I at Slack, I'd be like, no, we should call ourselves Slackers. I think they do, actually. Okay. I think that's what they're called. Salesforce didn't like it, made them change it to stars. There's a, there's a thing going on with stars now. Really? Yeah. Oh, I whether the, the yeah, Charlie, you mean wow. double ranger star and all star. Yeah. I should quit yelling into my mic. Slack community. And then we've got the muleys. Any muleys in the house? That one just sounds wrong. Oh, you can't call them mules because that definitely has a negative <laughs> connotation. We've got some muleys in the house. That's awesome. Any MVPs? We already talked about you. Yeah. All right, well, we're all together in this new conference 
Trailblazer DX. I'm just so happy. Is it to new? Have us. Is it yeah, new? It was Trailhead, and now it's Trailblazer. Is that now just a rename, or are they, or is that is, is that the, an actual admission that like yes, we did change it. It was a developer conference. We have not changed it, and it's no longer what it was. I think it's that. Okay. All yeah. together again. It's just so awesome. All right. Well, I think that was that one. You. Uh, I wonder if I'm going to keep going. See if uh, I think you've got some of the stuff that I got here. Okay. But, you know, what's not awesome is right now it's hard. I don't know if... It- <laughs> we got to clip that. I just want that. It's hard. I need that on my soundboard. Um, no. But before I do that, though, John. Oh, well, I got to finish this one. Oh, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, you're slacking over there. Speaking little, of slacking. A little beer ASMR. This is... um, What is this? This is old. Prairie Bourbon Paradise. Bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. Or aged with... Uh, coconut and vanilla, thirteen point seven percent. Oh wow, that was gurgly. Building up to my bar here. Okay, let's hear that again. But, you know, what's not awesome is right now it's hard. I don't know if, I don't know about you, but there's some tough things out there right now that we're all facing. Yes, like, we're the labor just like deploying your code. Many of still you, hard. So 14 years later, still hard. Over to the audience and it, it just killed any kind of energy that ever was in the room. Yeah. You just look around and was like, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> Sequel is terrible. Oops. It is terrible, actually. That's not what I was trying to do, though. I was trying to queue up. I'm so bad at this, John. We should. Re- <laughs> I, I just got to get my Uh-oh. get my trombone ready. Yeah. All right. And I don't have my tools here, John. That's my problem. Tools. I don't have the right tools. Hmm. And I lost my space already again because I'm not using you know, the right thing out there right now that we're all facing. Okay. There's a labor shortage. Many of you have never faced a supply chain disruption. This is this is, and this is Salesforce being a victim of its own success. Obviously, I mean they're not really not a victim, but just when you when you have as much success, God, I keep clipping. When you, <laughs> you're fine. Yeah, I'm having to hold. This is a God. I'm, this oh, is I terrible. Heard that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you have as much success as they've had, then you have this problem. Like you literally cannot get people trained up fast enough, which is what Trillet was all about. Yeah. Although it's, you know, it's one of those things that I feel like eventually you create these things, things like Trailhead. And then as with, you know, governments and regulatory agencies, it eventually like they get captured. Mm-hmm. And like now I feel like Salesforce is captured by Trailhead. It's like now <laughs> Trailhead was created for a purpose and now Trailhead exists. It's got so much of its own gravity that it's like its own thing with its with its own needs and and missions and politics and yeah. desires. Or inflation, and you're faced with both of those right now. And on top of that, let's throw a little energy crisis in. I feel like he's just ranting on the Biden administration right now. I don't know what point he's trying to make, but it's not encouraging. It's hard out there. It's hard. You know? But guess what? Your customers will not cut you a break. Oh, I'm so sorry it's hard for you. They didn't blame it on Putin? (laughs) So what you're going to have to do, you're going to have to figure out how you're going to do more with less. How are you going to work with all those disconnected systems? How are you going to scale? How are you going to work now that not everyone's in one office? They're all. Can I guess? 
Is it magic? Magical APIs? <laughs> scattered all over. And, out. and they're not coming back. How are you going to reduce emissions to help with that climate change problem? How are you going to skill up? <laughs> Where did that people? come from? Need that, uh, employee base. I don't know who he thinks. I don't know which product solves it. tackle it with the customer three. I don't know what he thinks I'm capable of. I'm just this lowly old, you know, integration guy, developer, and I'm not going to tackle. I'm not. I don't. I don't come in every morning and think, okay, I got to get this integration built, and I got to get this apexing deployed, and I got to solve climate change not today. Yeah. <laughs> it's just sixty. <laughs> The customer 360, which has obviously the lead. Still need to, I still need to know what customer 360 is. It's all the things. Market leading applications and sales. Just buy every license Salesforce yes. has, and then, yes. you, then you have customer 360. Yes. You'll solve all the problems. And service and <laughs> Magically. marketing and commerce and all those customer touch points, creating that single source of truth. You're going to integrate to all those other systems with MuleSoft. You're going to connect. Oh, hold on, pause. To- I want you to pay close attention to the way he's saying this. Okay. Because he's not saying. You can with 360 saying you're going to. All of your employees in the digital HQ through Slack, you're going to use the net zero cloud to track your carbon emissions. Totally. Help I'm going to do that. Too. It's part of a new value. It's, part of the, it's the new value they discovered, John. They discovered a new value. Well, they were mining and just, it just, uh, yeah, just appeared. The, the, no, the cloud gods um, <clears throat> brought it down to them on a stone tablet. There's your new value. You have now discovered it. <laughs> now go forth and be for ser- serve the values. All of this doesn't work if we don't have the Salesforce platform. That's that's no, really totally. what you can't is. do the nothing. Salesforce. No, no, no. So just yeah, table stakes. AWS, Java. <laughs> this platform powers all of these incredible solutions, and you know this platform, and it keeps getting better. But it's not just about. I mean, it keeps getting bigger, that's for sure. Technology in this platform. You know, occasionally we need a little bit of magic. I knew it. I knew it was magic, John. It is. Because I heard your montage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the flows. Let's see. So we have something called Salesforce Flow. It's for, you know, workflow, visual workflow, non visual workflow. It is incredible. It's an incredible tool. You have created 44 billion flows per day. 44 billion. Here's my clip. 44 billion flows per day. Just going on. It's going on the soundboard. <laughs> 44 billion flows created per day is what he said. Uh, was that a misspeak? I think he meant to say executing per day, not oh, create okay. per day. Okay. That's a weird. Again, metric. I think Parker is a stand-in. I don't think he was planning on doing this. <laughs> I think Brett was supposed to be doing this, but Brett had other mm. obligations and Parker had to step in. Okay, now I got to figure out where I was. So we have of time. Well, what we've done and what we're going to go through today is how we're letting you leverage what you know and love, which is flow, but we're going to connect it to everything. We're going to connect it out to MuleSoft. So with the Muleys, you can actually connect flow to orchestrations in, um, in MuleSoft. Webhook. You can connect it to the data fam, to Tableau. With, with flow actions, you can connect. Anybody working on green API screen call. still? I think they're still out there. It's kind of crazy. You I can actually now understand what he meant by green screen. Those green screens. <laughs> what he's talking about is terminals. Yeah. But it sounded like, that was, uh, to me, green screens is someone on YouTube with a background. Oh. So when he said green screens, I'm like, yeah, they're still using green screens. I, I just, okay, my mind just exploded. I just realized 
because I, I know those terms, that term to mean both of those things, but I never, I never have had the conscious thought that the term green screen, screen refers to those two things. Yeah. Wow. With Flow RPA, and you can connect Flow. RPA. Isn't that the language they used up in the cornfields in Ohio? RPA? On the, I have no idea what RPA yeah, is. No, the people that sat in the room with you that coded the, the, um, the old IBM set, the AS400, they, it was RPA, was their programming language. Was it? Yes. You don't remember that? Mm-mm. Okay. To I was too busy trying to beat digital- them. Beat them? Yeah. You're, you're too busy trying to web enable their green screens. Yeah. <laughs> HQ, your employees everywhere, with Flow actually in Slack, connecting those platforms together. That is awesome. Okay. okay, this is all on the customer 360 platform for your customers, employees, and partners with Slack at the very top for that digital HQ for connecting everyone together. Working in your industry, not a vanilla implementation, but your industry. We have over 12 industry verticals and we're going to be launching more. Uh, pretty incredible. All running on the customer 360, powered by AI in Einstein. 152 billion Einstein predictions a day. That's what you're doing on the Customer 360 platform. It is, and of course, all- it is pretty interesting that they are able to process so many transactions. I mean, this is a shared system, and obviously, it's it's spread across a couple of hubs out in the world. But well, there's dozens, if not hundreds, of of different pods out there. Yeah, so. but I mean, still, I mean, the numbers are yeah are impressive. Yeah, Salesforce has yeah. a lot of customers. They're a I'm sure. Has Benioff not reminded us recently how many billions they have and all that stuff? I mean, but, but, but yep. now their execution, their native technologies that they implement, their execution is is on point. It's it's for the most part performant, extremely performant, especially with how many transactions they're processing. But all the stuff we layer on top of that with flows and things like that, it just brings that system to a crawl. They just they need to go pull that original team out of retirement that built the core. Oracle Java transactional system. They need to pull those guys out of retirement and get them to fix some of this other stuff. Fix flows. Yeah. The people that built like, you know, the kind of the original API technology and everything. I mean, because there might know, be some people on the team today going, those guys messed this up, <laughs> but I can't. I don't know. I don't, I don't think they know what they're talking about. Um, I mean, that's like, I, th- I think the things that Salesforce has done the best are in general APIs. Mm-hmm. And. <clears throat> really, they're the, again the performance of just the of the transactional system. Um, the transactional. I mean, I say transactional because it's that's what it is on on our side. Uh, yeah, and it's in their side too. But it just exposing that via APIs and everything, and and also, I don't know if you've worked much with the bulk API, and this is nothing new. But there is some kind of magic. I mean, talk about magic, like magical sauce in that bulk API. I don't know if it like somehow bulkifies like all the automation or whatever but it puts it in just turbo mode mm. it does something i don't know if it suspends reality for a minute while it just like it might it could it's it could crazy turn off a bunch of indexers and things until it's done i mean there's things you can do natively because you have access to those libraries to just say hey i'm about to do some stuff turn off xyz automation because it's not critical but it doesn't turn we'll it do off it doesn't run. turn it off because it's still that stuff still all runs yes i know it probably still it just runs, it runs it, it probably... in some kind of turbo mode I don't know that it runs in a turbo mode. I'm betting Dude, that, John, it, that it, it delays execution until a certain batch no, no, is no. done. No, no, no. No, it does not. Really? No, because that would not be transactional. And you'd have all kinds of um, 
concurrency and race condition issues. It like, I don't know if it pre, you know, puts, builds some kind of like super automated, like, you know, natively compiled thing that just fires through this or what. But I mean, you can go from, let's say you're using the normal API to load stuff and you're getting, you know, you get a lot of automation. So it's slow, maybe like 10,000 records per hour, something really bad. Mm -hmm. You go into bulk mode. Now, first of all, you may have problems, instant problems with, with, again, with race conditions, like not be able to get record locks and things. But if you don't have those, then, I mean, you can go from like 10,000 records an hour to hundreds of thousands of records per hour, if not in the millions. It's crazy how much faster it is. And I just wish I knew more about that. But anyway, I mean, there's, they definitely, Salesforce has some badass tech and some really badass people. There's a giant company with a million acquisitions and, you know, it's yeah. Salesforce is like, basically, you call it 360, you call it whatever you want, but they've got essentially five to six completely separate ground up different technology based platforms that they're trying to piece together as best they can with yeah. APIs and webhooks and you can call it magic you can call it whatever you want. But you know, the thing is like you can I'm sure there's things we want and God knows. And everyone who who's part of this community knows that um, there's way we've had our longstanding complaints and things that probably will never get fixed. Whatever. There are some things that get better. Um, but it's still better than like everything else out there. <laughs> that's that's the that's the thing. It's still better than that's the, that's they're still better than everyone else, which is why they perform so well. Yeah, you know, and they do have a lot of smart people. It's just when you have a company this big, this sprawling, and just so many, so many, they have they have more. <clears throat> I mean, just the number of different teams and products and everything else, and just trying to get. I mean, this is this is like a Conway's law problem. It's just it's just. It's also like a two pizza team problem. You know, Amazon has done really interesting things just organizationally with how do, how do they get, how do they get shit done being so huge? And yet, I mean, they're scaling up so massively, um, whether, whether it's Amazon as a whole or just AWS and just, it's just, it's really interesting. I mean, I think, you know, I think everyone's trying to learn things from Amazon. I'm sure Salesforce has too, but I feel like there's more things they could learn from how, how Amazon operates maybe mm-hmm. just from an outsider. That's my thought. All of this yeah. is running on Hyperforce. I mean, also, I just want to say, like, when I think about this stuff, like, I really do appreciate, I mean, there's a lot of smart people that are working really hard at Salesforce, you know, to do, to move the needle. Yeah. To move the needle. And sometimes they, you know, it's probably, I mean, I'm sure some of them feel like it's a thankless job sometimes because you got jackasses like us just bitching about stuff. Um, but no, I, I see it. And I, and I know some of them, I probably, probably should be more social and network better and, and know more of them. But, um, I think that's a, there's smart people that are, that are doing good stuff and, and they're, you know, yeah, I don't know. And I think that's the plight of all developers. We're kind of in the background and the, the things that we do to make something easy tends to be extremely difficult. Well, think of, think of the, all the, the work that you get done, both the stuff that you are proud of and the stuff that you're not so proud of. And it, like, it's all governed by the, your, the context, like, yeah, the resources you were given, the time, the budget, the information, the requirements. The did you have access to stakeholders and and te- I mean just everything that was involved and like because it's that's all that stuff if you know is pulling you is is governing your progress and your ability to like get done what you know you want to get done and you yeah. how often do you actually get done what you would like to get done hardly on a project ever. hardly ever. Yeah. And you think it's any different anywhere else? No. I mean, that's no. just, that's the thing. It's like everyone is fighting these things. 
everyone has constraints and there's just limitations and you just do the best you can. And I, you know, I see people working super hard. So I just feel like every once in a while, I just, just recognize that I, I see it. I, I, know, I know a lot of these guys and girls and women and men and whatever. I don't mean to say girls or guys, boys, boys and girls. Um, you know, they're, they're doing good stuff. It's just, it's hard. It's very, very, very hard. And in well, huge you're, organizations. You're a page out of Parker's book. You're bringing us down. Oh, damn it. <laughs> All right. Hyperforce is the hardest thing I think I've done in my career. Well, I'll- you just spin up a Kubernetes cluster on AWS and call it done. How's that hard? It's really hard. I'm kidding. <laughs> Long time ago, I was like, ooh, that's going to be hard. I got to go find a data center. I got to go lease it. I got to go get the computers. But we don't do that anymore. Yeah, where are you going to find a data center nowadays? It's just, I don't know. It'd be nice, if, be nice if someone just like rent you some of their data center. Wouldn't that be a good business model? No one does that anymore. They're on these hyperscalers. And so we can take it. We're going to have Hyperforce live in 16 regions by 2022. We're going to stay ahead of all this compliance for you because, trust me, it's not fun to have to go through it. But we're going to solve the hard problems for you so you don't have to worry about it. So you can have the data running and the processing running in-country. You can have things like that EU operating zone. That's a difficult thing, I think. Whoa. Did I sound like I echoed? You did. I don't know. That well, so what we're hearing is not what <clears throat> hopefully people are going to hear oh, on, the, okay. on the. I'm still experimenting with this stuff. <laughs> well, now I lost my train of thought, but I, th- I think that's also difficult. And I'm not sure if that was a, a slip because I, I think he meant data at rest in country, but he said processing in country. And I don't think that's it. I don't think they're going to. I mean, you'll, your, your data, you can, cho- I think you'll be able to choose where your pod is, I guess. But I, I don't think you're going to have like a, I'm headquarters in U.S., but I have users in Europe and processing is split between the two countries. I don't think that's it. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and I haven't really followed the hyperforce thing that much. I just don't, I haven't personally had much need for that thing, but I, I, I get it. You know, like if you're, if you're in Europe and you have all these data, what's it called? Data, data residency or whatever, data mm-hmm. locality laws and all this kind of stuff like you know, it probably makes things way easier if you can just sign it. If you, when you sign up for Salesforce, you can just pick, yep, I want the EU location or whatever. To, you know, I don't know. There's probably multiple you can pick from now. Um, or I can, if, you know, if I'm in India, like I can pick an, an India data center and everything is, I mean, first of all, that's all, it, performance. Like, yeah, I'm not shipping electrons yeah. across the country and back and through 80,000 additional router hops. Um, but just legally. And right. and also, it's, it's legal, but there's also just that comfort. And whether it's just internal with your organization or what you can tell your customers, hey, you know, you're, you know, whatever. We're an Indian company and, like, we have all these Indian customers and all, all your data is going to stay in India. It's, we're not shipping it to some, you know, Silicon Valley company in their California data center. It's like, I'll stay in here. It's just, you know, it's just, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, let's see. There we go. Ranger. And as we bring together our amazing communities, our muley. How many, how many X's on Ranger are you? Two X Ranger, three X Ranger? Negative Ranger. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. <laughs> uh, I'm like, how do I log into this thing again? Yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Is there a, is there a trail for logging into trail? <laughs> And also, I, one thing I've never understood is Salesforce's whole identity system. Like, I think I, I think my 
trailhead identity is like tied to like one of my original dev orgs I created, which is when I actually log into that dev org, it is crusty as shit. Yeah. It's like whatever it was be- even before like Salesforce's Aloha interface or whatever. But that's my, but all my trailhead and like, what are the communities called? The the chatter communities, like mm-hmm. all those things, whether it's partner or the power of us, all that it's all tied to that identity. Yeah. I'm like, and I'm just worried like, wow, my identity for all this stuff is tied to this super crusty developer org that I, you know, created in 2009. Um, I'm afraid that thing's going to go away. I'm, I'm going to lose everything. It's not going to go away. Maybe it won't. I don't know. But as I get, but now I get, now, I know log into it, that's what scares away. me too. What if I forget to log into my, because now it's like 90 days and they delete your developer org. I think if you set it up as a hub, it won't go away. How do I do that? It's a 2009 developer org. How do I set it up as a hub? Uh, just go through the trailhead on how to set it up as a hub. Oh, enable my dev org yes. as a hub. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. But I, had, I had the same concerns. In fact, for the longest time, I've wanted a reset button on a dev org because I just want it to go back or I want it to, to basically look like it's a new one, but it's mine and I don't want it to go away. Yeah. But making it a hub kind of solves that problem because I don't ever actually use the developer org anymore. It's my hub and I just create scratch orgs whenever I need to do to do stuff that i'm experimenting with yeah the only the only dev the only dev hub that i've been using is our company one it's because you don't do salesforce development i know do you even salesforce bro you don't salesforce (laughs) and we're bringing this all together this is creating endless innovation all of this great technology is endless skills for you all to learn and endless ways to take your career because with this endless innovation comes endless opportunity for it's endless. all of you. Did you get that? It's endless. <laughs> I, endless it, innovation, Jeremy. Isn't, endless. Isn't there a side or, what, or is it a movie or something called this endless? Endless <laughs> OS, endless computers. I just I feel like endless is a thing. Yeah. It was a really bad movie in 2020. 4.8 stars on IMDb. Hmm. For some reason, feel endless. And all of that learning, all of the achievements, all of your connections, they all come together on your trailblazer.me profile, your trusted Salesforce resume. Oh. And we have some new things coming to the trailblazer.me profile. We are announcing new ranger ranks. You're gonna see these. Shut the front door. (laughs) (laughs) These are amazing. Do we have any rangers? I mean, she just said the euphemism for shut the F up, right? Okay. Just want to make sure I understood that, right? Yep. Here in the house. I, we got a lot of rangers here. You all are going to love this. We're also, we're also announcing brand new community tags and ecosystem certifications. Ecosystem certifications. I have no idea what that means. That's ecosystem. Um, I'm wondering if that means the, the verticals, the industry-specific stuff, certifications for that. Yeah, or I'm trying to think of a, some other vendor out there that's not, not competitive, but ha- has something that you could get certified on that Salesforce could train you on through Trailhead or something. You know how they do, like, JavaScript? You can get a JavaScript certification. So I mean, Salesforce, Salesforce didn't... You can get your MCSC off Trailhead? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and last time I checked, Salesforce didn't invent JavaScript, but they do offer JavaScript certifications, right? Oh, I'd would that. Be, would that be I'd fail that. I, I probably would, too. I, I honestly, the, the more I think I know JavaScript, the less I know JavaScript. Well, it turns out JavaScript is actually an incredibly flexible language. Like it can d- do a double reach around pretzel, you know. Yeah, but even the things I think <laughs> I know, understand and know what it does, I get into it or I try something and I'm like, oh crap, I built, 
I built this entire thing with the assumption that it did X. Turns out it doesn't do X, and I have to re-engineer the whole damn thing. It's almost too flexible. Like, there, there's something to guardrails. There's something to limitations that, that gives you that kind of certainty of expectations of outcome. Yeah. It's, um, I think the thing also, just like this, pro- it's a prototype-based language, which is weird. It's really, honestly, it's the first prototype, and honestly, the only prototype-based language I've had significant experience with, but then that's not a, it was not a new concept. Um, JavaScript borrowed, uh, obviously, a syntax-wise, borrowed a lot from Java, but really, honestly, it was just syntax, because all the prototype stuff, that was like, was it self that was the big prototype language? Oh, you would know. I know. I, I know. I've I've heard um, interviews with, and I've read background on on the you know the guy that whatever created JavaScript in two weeks or over a weekend or whatever it was. Uh, yeah, I've I've always heard that 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 the the only tie to JavaScript to Java is the syntax just and and the name. Yeah, <laughs> it's just syntax. Oh, it's it's just to this day. I'm having to, and I hate to be that guy. I am that guy. <laughs> I'm the old, the old fart guy now. Mm-hmm. Who's like, oh, mm, uh, actually, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, but they're different. They're totally different languages. You cannot say Java when you mean JavaScript or vice versa. Yeah. Because they mean completely different things. Yeah. But I'm that guy. Yeah. The, that, that's, I, I mean, back into the corner. I don't even want to be that guy, but I have to be that guy. Someone has to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. We should do beer episodes more often, John. We should. I'm, I'm, I'm liking this. Uh, yeah. It's good. We're out of beer, though. Are we? We got to get I through thought we it. still had some sour. No, it's gone. That's a big bottle. I mean, there's a little bit left. There's, those are dregs. I'll drink it. Remind me to tell you about the tapache I'm brewing up right now. It's a Mexican thing. You still have your Mexican card, or did I, did I give that back to you? No, it's been, it's been like permanently revoked. I, gotta, I think I have it in my uh, safe deposit box. Yeah. Good, good keeping. You show me you can eat some diced up raw onions. I'll give it back to you. I eat pico. Okay. Yeah. To yeah. me, that's a cooked onion because it it gets it gets <sighs> the acid or whatever. Yeah, the, the acid soaks, it gets yeah. cooked. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just don't. I don't like pungent raw onions. Like it, the texture. <laughs> the texture <laughs> with that flavor. It's 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 a uh, it's triggering. And this is why people it's listen triggering. to this podcast, John. It's the it's the. Food, it's a Mexican food talk. Fine, I'll give you guys <laughs> your money thank back. Thank you for yeah. all of the work that you, as trailblazers, do every day. You take all of this innovation, the innovation we're going to show you today, the art of the possible, and you make it real for your companies, in your communities. And you do more than make this innovation real, you also help each other. You share your knowledge, you lift one another up. This trailblazer community lifts as we climb. And you can see it in the numbers because this Trailblazer developer community is simply thriving. More than 74,000 developers in that community. Pause. 80. That might be the first time we've ever gotten a real number because for the years oh, we've been told. Shit, John. We've been I was told gonna... that we have millions of developers. Dude, 10 years ago, it was. Who was it? Was it. I'm not going to name names, but I mean, this guy. I don't think he works for Salesforce anymore, but it was 6 million. And that was like yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah. But I, I heard, thousands? no, I heard Parker say there are 16 million now. That was it. And it was on a slide. Yeah. In his, I think it's the closest to the real number we've ever gotten. Yeah, let's, let's listen again. Across 81 countries, right. share 74,000 developers in that community across 81 countries. Right. Sharing yeah. knowledge and connecting every day, every Six month. Six million. That was just the number of dev orgs that had been spun up at that time. That's all that was. 
<laughs> no, I think her number is based on, on Trailhead accounts. Yeah, it is, but I'm sure it is, yeah. Which I think is more All accurate. God, that was a good catch, John. Good job. That was, that was good journalism there. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, that's what I do. Someone has to, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, there's one more innovation that we have to talk about. If you're building on the one platform, you cannot yeah. escape the gravity that is Salesforce Flow and the tremendous energy that Flow can bring to your app. I'm pretty energy? sure. I'm pretty sure I can escape that gravity I, I think, just I think fine. Flow sucks the energy out of it, it does. <laughs> orgs. Yeah, you can talk to our people who are trying to do a data migration with an org with a lot of flows and talk about that energy. <laughs> it's not a, not a good energy. And you've seen us talking about this all day today. The new innovation that we're folding in with the flow, you know, and some things that you cannot the flow, wait. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Salesforce's marketing team is on point. Gotta find where I was energy now. that flow can bring to your applications. And you've seen us talking about this all day today. The new innovation that we're folding in with the flow you know and some things that you cannot <laughs> wait to get your hands on. You can empower people by bringing automation into where they're working, like Slack and Tableau. And we're going to take a look at this. You can also create more delightful processes, which I know is something we all wake up and think about. But automation is only as good as its usage. And as a developer, I love being able to save time on complex UI that is maybe just about helping someone get something done quick. And I want to spend my time working on more complex logic. And with the power of flow, you can create these beautiful, effortless experiences faster. And effortless. Well, mm. I will say that I, I have done that of late. Um, so one of the things we do is uh, we do... Uh, application requirements and uh, clearance requirements, which is for the educational yep. space. And the the genius idea I came up with was you have all these specific requirements. All I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a way to define the requirements and give you a spot to tell me which flow to launch, and I'm going to launch that sucker. You guys build it. <laughs> but it did solve a lot of things. It solved the the nature of there being so many different requirements and having so many unique uh, input requirements and integration requirements. Um, and it also solved the, we need to be able to customize this over time. So that aspect of flow, I really do enjoy. However, the only way I can accomplish that is with Aura components. I can't do it with, with Lightning because they don't give me a way to embed a flow into my Lightning components. So it's it's one of those things that's, that... that's How is that even possible? You can do... You can, if anyone can... from Salesforce is listening and part of that group, please give me the ability to embed a Lightning flow interface in, in web components because yeah. mm. I need it. Of course, behind these experiences, you can integrate systems like never before with low and pro code tools connecting more than just across sales and service. But Sorry, pause. Did you hear my eyes rolling? I, I did. I, I have to mention it. But you saw it, but yeah. I'm, I, hope, I hope our I giggled and I was going to make you pause so I can notify the audience that Jeremy just rolled his eyes. <laughs> that larger customer 360 into MuleSoft and Tableau, and we're going to take a look at that. They, they really just get to the point where they're just rattling through their acquisitions and trying to just, you got to just keep funneling the revenue and building the revenue. It's like, well, here yeah. are the things that we have acquired. You must use these things because they're magical and they're ele endless. <laughs> Was it, is that what it was? Endless. Hey, Benioff's got a lot of catching up to do. It's got to catch up to Bezos. The, and, I, I haven't heard Elon. anything from Benioff and I, I, I don't pay much attention I anymore. He's kind of, well, uh, I don't know when the last time I heard something from him was. 
in this ecosystem. He's, he's off he's, with he's off, in, he's off with Klaus Schwab. He's off, he's making headlines in other places. They're working on the fifth industrial revolution. You know, he doesn't have time for yeah. this. Hey, those industrial revolutions take take a lot of planning. They do and prepping. Oh yeah. Uh, oh AWS. But I'm going to stop there because I'm going to let a truly expert individual come up to the stage to take us through this. Andrew Fawcett, VP oh. of Product Management, right here at Salesforce. I'll, Andy, I'll be honest, take pause. it away. A moment I actually of did not understand anything he said in this whole segment. Too British for you? I, I don't know if it was British or the fact that I'm not I'm not doing the stuff that he's talking about. So I was hoping that you would be, be able to listen and give me some context. I'm stop there. You're just you're just an ugly American who can't understand foreign accents. John. No, I'm I'm like a, a like you have what is it weebs, which are people who are like fanatical about J- Japanese culture. Never heard of that. Yeah, it's, it's I just thing. learned something today. I'm, I, if there was, I'd be like a, a beeb, <laughs> like infatuated with British culture. Are you sure you're not a believer? No, no, okay. not, I'm not. Well, I kind of. <laughs> that stay song, that's, 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 that's on my rotation. Yeah. All right. Oops. Oh my gosh, I'm just a mess here. But I'm going to stop there. VP of product management right here at Salesforce. Andy, take it away. Thank you so much. Yeah, he just said, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Uh, should we do subtitles? Can we do that on this podcast? Is that I, possible? I do on some, some, on some of my British shows. Great to see everybody back again in person. So it's my great pleasure to be able to talk to you today about an amazing innovation we've been doing with our great partner, AWS. The purpose of this innovation in AWS is to bring these two amazing platforms together and in doing so, allow you to get the best value in the fastest and safest way possible. So how are we going to approach doing that? The technologies that we're using and we've built with AWS start with a technology called AWS Event Relays. And we'll look more into this in the demo momentarily. But effectively, it creates an ability to relay, project events that are occurring in your AWS environments directly into Salesforce. And we're going to be using a platform event for that. So what do you think of that? It's pretty cool. I mean, my, just my first thought is, and what is this going to cost? And are my clients going to buy this? <laughs> You're not supposed to think about money. I mean, I, I'm not thinking about money. I'm just thinking about other people thinking about money, and therefore, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get to use this. But hey, everything's about eventing. Eventing models are event sourcing, event eventing. It's all that's how you do things nowadays. I mean, it's 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 not a bad architecture as opposed to polling. As well, opposed sure. to, to, I mean, just polling. Yeah. Time-based polling. I do a lot of polling. A yeah, lot I've of heard polling. that about you. Yeah. It's becoming a problem, Jeremy. We've, uh, we've thought about having an intervention yeah. like polling. Yeah. I heard it makes you go blind. <laughs> <laughs> the benefit of that is you get to use the technologies in Salesforce that you know and love, but those events are coming from existing investments that you've made in AWS. There's a truly amazing, seamless integration that we've built. Going beyond that, data is really important. And we appreciate that you've got data in AWS, and you want to leave that data in AWS for the rest of your businesses and your partners to interact with. But we also want to make sure that that data is as valuable to data that you store in Salesforce by making sure that's virtualized and projected into Salesforce. So you can use low code. You can use- I mean, I'm still, still trying to get my, my files onto Salesforce's server so they compile. This is, this is, anytime I hear it, which this sounds great. I mean, again, as a 
technology nerd, like this sounds great. Mm-hmm. But the day-to-day struggles of everyone working on this platform is how do I get my damn files from this sandbox to production or whatever? It's still a massive, massive, massive problem. And I'm just like, why it again? And now if I was running Salesforce, it probably would go like right into the ground out of business. <laughs> but at least people would be able to get their files onto our damn server. It's true. It's Apex. You can use functions with that data. And as Iori pointed out, that data hasn't, doesn't have to leave AWS. It's not a synchronization solution. This is virtualized into the Salesforce. Is that kind of like the OData thing in a way? I don't know. Not OData. What was, what's, the, what's the remote data? Is that based on OData? External, it is. External objects but that, is remote data. Yeah, okay. But I, I, and that's OData. Yeah, you're right. So but data. the way describing it is it's, it's not that, <laughs> but it probably is under the hood. But I don't know. It could just be that, that anything that happens, you can event on and interact with. I don't think this has anything to do with data store at all. What data it's store is. You need to respond to data rather than have it come through an external object. You can just respond to the event that has the data on that event stream, and then you can do whatever you need to do with it. Oh, I just lost my God. This, but I'm going to stop. Sorry. So you can use low code. You can use Apex. You can use functions with that data. And as Iori pointed out, that data hasn't, doesn't have to leave AWS. It's not a synchronization solution. This is virtualized into the Salesforce environment. And finally, the really exciting thing coming in Pilot for AWS developers that are using S. I mean, it's good that the data doesn't come into your Salesforce or considering they charge, you know, what is it, 15 grand per gig or whatever? Yeah. Free for analytics is we'll be simplifying the ability to use AWS Athena and its query language capabilities directly into Salesforce with more of that low-code and Sockle experience that you understand, alleviating you from having to build that infrastructure, those integrations, and make that leap from that query language into a language that you already know and love. Um, what, what is AWS Athena? <clears throat> Isn't that their, their uh, uh, object-based query language? Or? I've never used it. Uh, serverless interactive query service. Makes it easy to analyze data in S3 using standard SQL. Oh, it's kind of like a data lake thing. You can almost query your data lake, which is yeah. kind of cool. Uh, there's no infrastructure. You only pay for the queries run. Uh, imagine that. You only pay for what you use, John. Imagine, imagine. that. <laughs> I know. Imagine all the people. All right. Well, that, those, were our, um, those were our clips. Let me see what else I have here. Um, oh, poor Hero. You, know, you know what you don't hear anymore? Again, you're at Trailhead or Trailblazer DX. Ostensibly was or kind of is a developer-ish conference. Oh, Heroku. You just don't hear anything about Heroku anymore. I just haven't had anything new to announce lately. No. Heroku is always an interesting case, right? Because it's, uh, I think, in our, our little area of the world, we're always like, not sure. Everyone loves that thing. I'm not sure why that didn't take over. People do love Heroku. It's great. I do love and, Heroku. And so, like, it's a good, good opportunity to check in with Heroku. I think they came back on. Uh, right, Brandon? Are they? Uh, <laughs> That's what they were down for like four days. Okay, okay. I thought this was from the conference. No, no, no. This is a separate podcast. I okay. This is the um, software-defined talk. Yeah. Gotta yeah. give us a heads yeah. up. Yeah, I, I mean, did uh, how, how did people take this? Was it was it a chance to uh, to pronounce the death of Heroku, or or was it was it? Still I think alive? it was. Uh, I think people 
it's not so much the death. I think it was sort of like, hey, if you if you're still on this thing, maybe now's the time. Maybe it's it's really time mm. to start looking for something yes. different. But but again, as uh, Adam Jacobs says it so well uh, in one of his tweets from I don't know many years months ago, it says, uh, "Haruka is like a fallen civilization of elves, beautiful immortal, mortal, beloved by all who encounter it, but still a dead end." So I think that's mm. like I mean, there's just no better uh, description than Haruka than that. He said it. That's that's the thing. That's the that's the knocking against Heroku is that you know it's Heroku is beautiful. It has a lot of value add, but in some ways, the value add you kind of give up some things, and that's where that's where the decision point comes. I think. Yeah, and and whether this is fair or not, because I'm sure you could still man the other side of this argument, but the, the knock against it is that it's kind of for small to medium sized operations. And once you get bigger than that, you know, you hit scaling problems, you hit pricing problems, you know, flexibility problems. I mean, it is a layer on top of AWS. So, I mean, you, you know, that, that's, that's not necessarily the problem. I, don't know, I just think it's the model, but. I mean, I, I mean, if, if you're talking enterprise and you're talking about all the tools that AWS has, has started to provide, it's, it's one of those things where, it, yeah, Heroku gives you that quick upstart. But once you start getting into more advanced scenarios, you you almost start wanting and craving those tools that AWS is providing. And then you come to the question of, well, why am I paying for Heroku? Well, I don't know. I think, and I haven't, I don't, I don't, I haven't looked at what Heroku's doing just in the container and kind of container or- orchestration space, but it's so easy on all the cloud platforms now to spin up your, to spin up a, a, a Kubernetes cluster. And it, and they just handle and it, you know, cause that's actually a super pain in the ass, but these platforms handle it all for you. And you just like define your, whether you're using Rancher or, um, uh, Terraform or whatever, you know, or just your Kubernetes YAML files just to find kind of what you want in your cluster. And they just, it does it all for you. Sp- spins up and down the resources as needed, all that kind of stuff. And all you have to do is like just ship it containers or plug it into your container registry. And I don't know what it, that does. It, it some That's so easy now that it's just like, okay, well, so where, what does that leave Heroku? What space are they in still? They're in the space of getting auto, how, how do I say this? Uh, auto approved under corporate licensing um, because Maybe. they're part of the Salesforce umbrella. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that helps or not. I mean, I guess if you already have a relationship with Salesforce, sure. But I mean, any company who is outgrowing Heroku definitely already also has a relationship with AWS or, or, oh, or, or like Azure, Microsoft Azure. From the beginning. Probably so. Again, I still like Heroku for a lot of stuff. It's just, it makes, I mean, again, I'm a, you know, developers are, you know, you hear this like the lazy, right? Which is why we, we, why we like to automate things and, and script things so that you, you put the time in up front to put some engineering in and then, you know, for the next, everything you're doing from then on, like it's just all automated, right? So we get Not to me. like, I do everything manually. Yeah, I know. You I'm a glutton yeah, for punishment. Yeah, yeah. And job security. Right. <laughs> um, but no, you know, I feel like this, you know, Heroku makes a lot because we're, you know, we care about our time. And then, you know, this is, this is my mm-hmm. real knock against this currently still with the Salesforce kind of development platform is the percentage of time I spend on accidental complexity versus essential complexity is just, it's not, it's not good. Not good yet. Whereas, whereas Heroku, you know, they, they really, I mean, they just, man, the developer, the, truly, that was the developer experience platform for the longest time. Yeah. 
And, and, and as much and as much as I kind of railed against coupling to a version control system, like just the fact that you can deploy with just pushing to a, a Git remote. Uh, that was cool. And the build they invented the build pack system, which now is like this kind of industry standard that all these other systems use. It's pretty amazing. They, again, a lot of smart people did a lot of great stuff. I just don't know what their place is in the marketplace nowadays. It's they're still there. I'm I don't know. You know, I don't think Salesforce breaks now. They're just they're lumped in with like other or platform or whatever in Salesforce uh, reports. So you really don't know. I don't know. I mean, it, it, when I think about I have of me having to prototype something and needing a place to host it, Heroku is the first thing I think of. And I, I put together all this news here, John. Um, okay, flows in Slack allow flows to run inside of the Slack user interface. Huh? So there's something called flows in Slack. Is literally the name of this new product. Flows in Slack. Okay. And it allows you to run flows inside of the Slack user interface. Then we have flow actions in Tableau. Flow actions in Tableau. Well, if they're using web components, that means they have a way of hosting embedded <laughs> flows in a web component. And can I get that? It's always, always turns into a rant. Sorry. Anyway, that lets Tableau users launch flows directly from a Tableau dashboard. Okay. We have flow orchestration, which uses automation to support multi-user and long-running flows. Interesting. Um, let's see. Oh, here's a quick, quick quote that I pulled. Our customers, what well, I think Parker said this, our customers save 109 billion hours every month by using Flow. That's yeah. because they're not having to deploy Apex classes. And <laughs> <laughs> No, what it is, and I saw this on a few demos, and it, it was almost like a, a double-edged, what if I'm using double-edged sword as an example all the time? I don't know. It's a good metaphor. But they talked a lot about the the kind of inherent nature of Salesforce, which is a basically a edit one record at a time interface yeah. and how people want to see and interact with multiple bits of data, especially when you're talking about industry specific solutions. Um, so there's a lot of flows in the demos geared towards providing that type of UI, the ability to kind of interact with multiple bits of data. We have um Salesforce platform for Slack. A lot of uh, something for something. That's their new kind of branding format right now. Something for something. Salesforce for Slack, flow in Slack. I guess it's a preposition. It's a noun, or sorry, subject, and then a prepositional phrase. Flow in Slack. Salesforce platform for Slack. Okay, so that's a toolkit, tools, tools, an integration platform designed to ease integration activity between Salesforce and Slack organizations. The platform automatically facilitates messaging between Slack and Salesforce, eliminating the need for users to craft middleware integrations. Okay. Then we have an, again, sticking to the format, mm-hmm. Apex SDK for Slack. This new toolkit allows developers to write Slack integrations in Apex and automatically generate block kit code. I have no idea what block kit is. I have no idea. Is this something that I'm just out of the loop on because I'm a boomer? I'm not a boomer, but. I was going to say, are you a boomer? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm the same age as you. <laughs> No, you're older than me. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, Jeremy's birthday is next week. So if you want to no, wish him, no, yes, it is. No, it's not. It's next week. No, or the not. week after. It's probably at least the week after. No, it's next week. No, it's not. It's the week after. Yes, it's the week after. It's at least two weeks from now. It's yeah. the week after. Yeah, okay. Wish him a happy birthday. Yeah. He's an old man. Yeah, that's true. He's a very old man. <laughs> 
Send them diapers. So I guess block, block kit is a Slack thing. Blockkit is a clean and consistent UI framework for Slack apps. So it's how you build, use the block kit to build blocks. Heroku apps. No, you build blocks. Yeah. Otherwise, be called the app kit. Yeah, you can, it's a good piece of kit. You like that phrase? That's a British thing too. Speaking of British, by the way, I had no problem understanding Andy. I don't know why you did. <laughs> <laughs> I understood in the and I'm and I'm half deaf, so. No, it wasn't. You misunderstood me. Okay. <laughs> uh, here we go. Um, look, AnyPoint Code Builder, which is it's a new cloud service based on VS Code. So that's a uh, MuleSoft thing. So that I have because MuleSoft, one of the things I'm just like, I don't even want to touch it. The the development environment is all Eclipse based, and I just not anymore. I'm allergic to Eclipse not anymore. I don't know what it is now. What is it now? What's well, VS Code? Yeah. Okay. They announced. Yeah. That, they announced. They're yeah. going to be able to do it anywhere builder on, on a code Any, builder. Yeah. Okay. Anywhere builder. Which is somehow based on VS Code and Microsoft's code builder thing, which is their VS Code in the cloud, I guess. Well, what happened to Salesforce's thing that was, remember that? It's it code was, builder. But it, no, but Salesforce, they, and they, they pulled it back. But they were going to do like a, an IDE in the cloud for Salesforce development. That's code builder. They talked about it during this. During oh, this is event. it back? Is it yeah. back? Okay, cool. Yeah, it's a thing. I didn't see that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they highlighted heavily. Um, Sean Clo- Klaus, Close, the MuleSoft's chief product officer, said APIs let people work together without being bound together, which is good because being bound together sounds gross and painful and stinky. So, yeah, that's a plus for MuleSoft there. Uh, the DevOps Center, public beta in June. We talked about that earlier. June, mm-hmm. public beta. So let's get signed up for that. Who? We? Yes, everyone. Me? Yes. You? Yes. Everyone. Um, here's an, I don't know what this was. We should eventually see a scripted command server. Oh, this is part of, this is, um, this is, uh, DevOps center. It's going to have some limitations and it's not going to be, it's not, well, I'm just saying like out of the box, they're not going to, it's, it's just, it's, it's only GitHub. Um, it's doesn't, I don't think it has like other, a lot. Are there other things other than GitHub? No, I think it's just GitHub. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Git doesn't even exist. No, it doesn't. GitHub. No, it's just GitHub. Yeah. That's another thing that I, I'm that guy who corrects people. They're like, <laughs> did you, um, yeah, did you make your commit in GitHub? Um, I'm like, no, you mean, you mean Git? <laughs> Get it right. All right. We should eventually see a scripted command server or CICD server added to DevOps Center. That may allow for integration of advanced DevOps pipeline steps, such as end-to-end testing or developer cybersecurity tools. It is only after the command server is rolled out that we should expect to add a usage-based pricing model to DevOps Center. So, kind of the baseline functionality as it comes out is going to be actually no no charge, which that's true. That's great. There's no DevOps without but, the pipeline. Well, but eventually, like yeah, and because and you have to pay okay, for so it. so build pipelines start to get expensive. You start using significant amounts of compute, and they got they have to charge for that. Which I'm. Again, if it's reasonable, not, if it's reasonable, I'm totally okay no, with it. It's not going to happen. And it's I can, good. it's not it's that good. I'm okay with it. I can sell that to clients. I can sell can that. I, if it's, I think so. You're going to sell this to clients who, who are more than happy to do things in production and tell them that they have to do it in a sandbox and pay uh, this is, to deploy uh, it uh, this a, is just a John rant, John rant, John rant. It's not. Yeah, it is. 
The pipeline is critical because we can't just assume that we can take all the metadata, that's, which we cannot. Hi, John. That's what's called selling. We it. have to sell. You have to. It's educating. Educating is the same thing as selling. And now that sounded very. Um, what's the word? Cynical. <laughs> I'm the cynical one. It's no difference between selling and educating. Um, no, that's just that's a part of selling. You know, like you. Hey, Mr. Client, I know that, you know, like, y'all been doing stuff in production and whatever, and, but look at the problems that's caused you. And, like, we've got this, you know, let's let's talk about putting together a better process, a better pipeline where you can cut down all your production bugs and your failed deployment, all that kind of stuff. This is how this works. This is the new program. Let's look at it. It's not that expensive. It's going to cost, you know, whatever. And this is what it'll do for you. And it's, it's, it, that, it's educating, it's selling, call it whatever you want to call it. Sounds good. That's that's our job. I'll that's that's that. everyone's Sounds job. Good. Sounds good. Um. Anyway, that was all. That was that was those were my bullets. I'm biting my tongue. I did some work too, John. I'm biting my tongue. <laughs> I still want to rant a good on that. Skill. I know I you do. Rant I know you that. do. We all know your rant, John. You gave me beer, and I want to rant. I know. That's the thing. Oh well, this is fun, John. No, I'm done. This is a. If, I feel like we've been, of course, you've been here for a while, but I feel like we've been talking for three hours, but we're at about an hour and a half right now. That's all? Yeah, I think the, the audio may be weird on this one because I didn't, I f- didn't set things up. I didn't save my settings from before, and like I'm trying to change things, and I don't, whatever. I don't know. We'll see. Well, we lost half our viewers, be- listeners, because of you. Well, what's new? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, anything else on your mind? No. Other than rants? No. I do have a ton of rants, but no. I don't think we should get into them. Okay. I feel like I had some other other business matters, but I can't think of them, and I didn't write them down. So, And I've got beer brain now. So. Business with the podcast? Yeah, yeah, like podcast business. But I forget. Oh. <laughs> I have to get something queued up. Hang on. Uh, oh, by the way. We... Oh, hang on. Where'd that go? That's not what I wanted. We added a new value this year. Value of sustainability. You know, climate change is an existential crisis. And at Salesforce, we're a net zero company. Very proud of that. We run on 100% renewable energy. 100% renewable. Do they? I mean, California gets Do half they? of its electricity from pro, uh, natural gas. I'm not, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe that maybe Salesforce just at the top of that tower they're collecting energy from the sun. Um they've got like the most concentrated diamond uh solar panel in the world or something. I thought California was higher on the renewable stuff. They, I mean, I think they I think California's trying, you know. Well they are trying. They have to sell off quite a bit of their excess, but But no, they're still they're still fifty percent natural gas. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, you're you're charging your Teslas with natural gas and coal. Still. I mean, that's the problem with renewable energies is there's no storage mechanism for it. Um, there's no viable economic storage mechanism. Yeah, for well, it. that's why I don't and not that we have to get in some kind of energy rant, but I think a combination of renewable and things like nuclear make a lot of sense. You know, if we're trying to get away from fossil fuels, although, you know, natural gas has gotten so clean nowadays and is really inexpensive so you know when you're paying your 11 cents per kilowatt hour or whatever you can thank natural gas for that at this point it's just not renewable though it's not we just but we we 
have plenty of it, and we're still finding ways to get just more and more of it. So it really cheaply. What we need to do is we need to stick a dome around all those cows to making all that methane. It's the cow farts. That's what's yeah. causing the climate crisis, John. Yeah. It's, we need to our, capture our, all our, that methane and our, our energy crisis. We have, an, we have an existential cow fart crisis. <laughs> we do. <laughs> and it's a win-win. More cows, more methane, more steaks. I mean, I, I don't see the downside. I, I don't. I mean, I'm sold. Yeah. Sold. Yeah. You got to sell the sizzle, and you just sold it. <laughs> all right, John, well, let's wrap it up. Yeah. You can email us at info at gooddaysforpodcast.com. We take questions, complaints. We, we really have not, just the email thing is just not happening anymore, um, which is weird because we still have, you know, lots of listeners. I mean, you look at the numbers yeah. and people, you know, we got thousands of people listening to this podcast, but um, no, no, no email love. Well, we uh, do get emails. Do we? Some of them for, well, for we get advertising. Yes. No, we get people but, wanting to sponsor, want, yeah. want to advertise, but we yeah. don't, we don't do that. Yeah. That's what we do for this community. We, it's a vow of poverty. We do it for you, dear listener. Um, we have a Slack, which is, uh, super helpful and funny and great and people of all interests and skill levels and everything. So if you're not in it yet, you probably should get in it. It's at good day, sir, podcast, sorry, www.gooddaysirpodcast.com. Click on community. Um, what else? Stickers. Stickers. You can, that's the email address. You can email us sticker requests. Have you sent any stickers? I, not in a while. Oh my God. Not in a while, but I need more requests. I need more sticker requests. We have a lot of stickers. Lot like thousands and thousands and thousands of stickers. So please get your. We got it. We got a couple of new ones. I need to get a batch out. I have to pull out the the Dymo printer and all that. And it's just you know I need to I need some I need some demand to uh, collect. You know if Salesforce did that with the bulk API, you would be pissed. <laughs> that's true. That's that's why no one pays me for this. Um, and uh, you know su- uh, subscribe and uh, share us on the socials. Uh, how about this? Subscribe to us on Apple and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't forget this. Sequel is terrible. Yeah. All right, John. Thanks thanks for doing some journalism for us. You're seeing what happens when journalists actually do their job. And we need someone to do it, so. I appreciate you doing that. That's a lot of work. People don't realize how much work it is to, like, Go through these things, do close, especially those montages. That's a lot of work. So thank you, John. You're welcome. It's been it's been good. It's been good sharing a beer with you again. It's been a while. I, I think we should bring beer back on the episode. Probably. Maybe, maybe well, a little whiskey. I think we have. I think we have. We need. Yeah, we need whiskey. We're, we used to have. We used to have like four bottles of whiskey in that thing. <laughs> well, the you problem remember is that? we switched to morning recording. I know, we have to I know, work in the afternoon. I know. So I mean, it's Friday afternoon. So we're just like we're done. So. Well, let's let's make Friday afternoon a thing then. I I I mean that probably works for me pretty well actually. Me too. So, and to that, I say good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. This episode of the Good Day Sir podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Those guys are great, aren't they? Great.